This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. Well, everyone, welcome again to another podcast. I am your host, Trevor Page. I'm joined by Ian Pavelko and Eric Camacho. How are you doing, guys? Bonsoir tout le monde. Healthy as can be. How's everyone doing? Very good. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you very much. Uh, I know that uh, sometimes giving us a lot of your time is kind of a precious thing, but given that we're on lockdown, I would expect that hopefully that you would have a little bit of time to give us anyways. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Tesla's Q1 financials because we just got off the earnings call, so we thought we would spend a little time and talk about what's going on. Uh, before we begin, I want to uh, put out a little bit of a public service uh, announcement. First of all, we are not financial experts. So if we, um, if we say anything that's financial related and you think that it might be yay or nay as far as buying Tesla stock, don't listen to us because we're not experts. We're just opining. Uh, yes, we don't even on play our... one on TV. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, don't, don't take our word as gospel. And then um, considering some stuff that's also happened during the call and the last couple of days on Twitter regarding Elon Musk, uh, there's a discussion later on that might happen, might get into a little bit of weeds and stuff. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get too political. So uh, please don't be upset. Everybody has different opinions about different things. So just because somebody differs in your opinion doesn't mean that you have to unsubscribe or, or go on Twitter and shame somebody and stuff. So anyways, I just want to put that out there. All right. So financial numbers are out. I'm going to read some important stuff that uh, they put out in their investor letter. And uh, later on, we'll have a discussion about some of the questions that came on, because obviously they do take questions during these uh, financial calls. And there's some interesting information that came out. So first of all, uh, Tesla says that Q1 of uh, 2020 is the best first quarter they've ever had in their history. Uh, they had a $1.8 billion increase in cash on hand and cash equivalents. So they currently have a total of $8.1 billion. So they have plenty of money in the bank. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, operating cash flow, less capital expense, uh, capital expenditures, which is their free cash flow, is negative $895 million in Q1, of which $981 million outflow due to inventory growth. Uh, on the profitability side, they are gap profitable, so $283 million gap operating income, $16 million uh, gap net income, $227 million non-gap income. Gross margin at Giga Shanghai is approaching level of U.S.-made Model 3s, and Model Y gross margin is actually positive in Q1. I think that last bar, uh, that last bit about Model Y is very important because it really shows that Tesla's mm -hmm. maturing and they've learned a lot from the Model 3 ramp in what not to do, what, what to do and what not to do in order to get that. Uh, because, you know, if you remember, if you go back and you look, uh, you know, basically three years ago when the Model 3 ramp started, it was very painful for them. It took them a long time to get profitable on those cars because they had to pay off a lot of stuff. There was a lot of complexities. So they've taken a lot of those learnings and fixed them up. So it's all good. So Tesla goes on to say Q1 2020 was the first time in our history we retrieve a positive gap net income in the seasonably first quarter of the year, which is always slow for everybody. Ford literally just uh, announced they had a $2 billion loss this quarter, and it's not looking good for Q2 for them either. So it's good that Tesla's actually profitable. Um, they go on to say that despite uh, global operational challenges, we were able to achieve our best first quarter for both production and deliveries. We saw those with the numbers, so finally we got the uh, financial numbers that came out on that. So um, they also go on to say, although impacted by inefficiencies related to the temporary suspension of production deliveries in many locations, including Fremont, which is shut down right now, our gross margin remains strong. At the Gigafactory in Shanghai, further volume growth resulted in material improvement in margins of locally made Model 3 vehicles. In addition, Model Y contributed profits, which uh, which is the first time in our history that a new product has been profitable in this quarter. I'll, I'll link to the um, uh, investor letter that you guys can read. There is something that caught my eye down here, and I just wanted to go down, and we'll just talk about it real quick. I think it's on page 21. There's some wonderful pictures in here, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, there are. Yeah, uh, let's just say here, it was under doo, 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 page 21, right here. Liabilities and equity. So just an interesting number here. Um, deferred revenue. If you look at a quarter, uh, the first quarter of 2019, they had $763 million in deferred revenue. Now, deferred revenue is the holding place that Tesla puts the FSD, un unrealized FSD, FSD profits. Uh, there's probably some other stuff in there too. Anyways, 
So uh, here we are, uh, a quarter, uh, one year later. So the first quarter of 2020, 1.186 billion. <laughs> so almost double in terms of uh, deferred revenue from FSD. Like I said, I can't say exactly that all of it is FSD, but I think it really points to there's a lot of people that actually jump on the FSD bandwagon and how much of that they can actually um, count towards revenue now is uh, it's not really declared I, as far as I can tell in here, um, specifically because last week they released the new Navigate on Autopilot or the streetlight detection, at least in the U.S. So anyways, as Tesla releases new features, they can actually start pulling from some of that. So interesting. Anyways, discussion. Let's talk about this. So it's good to see that they're, they're profitable, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Well, I know some of the takeaways I got from the call uh, early on, Elon mentioned that the Model S is testing at 400 miles of range, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and I, I know that there was the discussion of the EPA test that the vehicle that they use for testing, uh, there was some manner in which in they're testing it uh, overnight. The open. <laughs> there was there was a range yeah. loss of about 2%, so that affected right. the final number. Um, but I think it's really impressive when you think about when the Model 3 long range first came out, you're looking at 310, 315, 320 after some software updates uh, of, a, of a potential 100% charge range. And now you're looking at a state of charge of about 400 miles in a Model S without really much significant change, right? We know there's going to be some changes in the vehicle, but nothing substantial. Um, and you're looking at now 400. That's really great. I mean, even though you're never going to hit 400, you're not going to drive at 400, you're not going to go from 400 to zero, uh, but that does mean oh. for a lot of people just thinking about how how not long ago we had electric vehicles that couldn't crack a hundred and now and now we're pumping out a car with 400 so that's pretty cool uh the other major takeaway i got from all of the figures was just how much they learned with model three you mentioned before uh in part of the discussion about the body panels that there's the part of the car the model three has at one point 70 fused pieces of metal uh for part of the chassis where the Model Y in that same section of the Model 3 has only two. And the goal is to get it down to one. So the fact that they've made that advancement in the body design in a very short time frame, if you think about it, I mean, from when Model Y was first like conceptualized to put into the prototypes, um, that's very impressive. Um, I, just the idea that they can actually have like one cast and like there it is, there's the, you know, I guess they're building from there. It's really, really cool. So th those are the two major takeaways I, I got from uh, from his initial comments. If, if anyone is joining and they haven't been paying attention, uh, Sandy Monroe over to Monroe Associates has a YouTube channel, and they have been stripping the Model Y that they purchased um, down to the bare bones. So you get a pretty good idea of how the thing is actually constructed. And if you listen to Sandy, because he's been quite vocal in the past about his Model 3 that they bought, and now uh, they got a very early production Model 3. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's been a lot of advancements in that car since they purchased it. So now... Now he's looking at efficiencies. And, of course, he's going in blind here because he hasn't looked at a Model 3 since the first one that he bought. So he's noticing a lot of stuff in the Model Y, and we're kind of scratching our heads and going, yeah, we already knew about that. But yeah. to him, it's all new, right? But I think it really points to the fact that you know, Tesla's taken a lot of learnings from building the Model 3, and they're making a lot of efficiencies, and it's showing up in the Model Y. And it's not going to stop. We're going to see even more in future cars as they go. So right. they're not sitting still. So it's, it, it just shows that Tesla's uh, certainly maturing a lot of ways, and they're being innovative in a, in a lot of different ways. So um, anyways, if you guys haven't uh, seen that, definitely go and watch his channel. He's uh, He has something like 20 episodes already. Mm -hmm. I just watched the one today, and he finally got it down to the body in white. So there's some interesting stuff in there. Um, as far as the Model S is concerned, I think Elon basically said on the call that the Model S already achieves 400 miles. Uh, they just need the EPA to retest it again yeah. so they can officially declare that. So, you know, when Elon said very shortly we're going to have a 400-mile car, well, here it is. It's already here. So, and um, right. So I guess that kind of leads us into the next segue because there were questions on the call about battery day. When is that happening? So he hemmed and hawed a little bit because he did say previously that they were hoping to target sometime in mid-May. Looks like they're shooting for the third week of May, possibly. And he did say that it was either going to happen in California or Texas. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Is is I mean, he made some other comments about Gigafactories a little bit later and stuff, but I don't know. Uh, I just I, I just have a feeling here that that we're looking something's going to happen in Texas and something's going to give. So. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of comments on Twitter. It's like, oh, did, is he leaking something? Does that mean there's going to be a Gigafactory in Texas? 
I, I didn't read it that way at all. I thought it's like he he just, you know, he's so enamored of the fact that Texas is opening back up again. And this this kind of falls back to, you know, his his freedom cries from earlier today. And I just think if he doesn't, you know, he's not able to put together the event that he wants necessarily in California, he's just going to move the whole event to Texas. That's how I read it. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a little leak about a, a factory in there. I don't know. So would he hold it at the Boca Chica factory where they're building rockets or somewhere else tie it in with an announcement boca chica would be fun i don't know if it's really the right venue to to host well let's put it this way i mean we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit here but he did say that they're hoping to announce another gigafactory within about a month my comments were like three months maybe six months definitely (laughs) so I, i think if you read between the lines that comment plus the battery thing i think he wants to probably do both at the same time and he wants to announce something like, here's the next Gigafactory. It's going to be, let's call it Texas right now, because that seems to be the front runner. And it, by the it, way, let's t- talk about that because, at the same time. Am I crazy? What's the one that they were talking about in the Midwest? Wasn't it Missouri or? Well, no, Missouri basically had approached Tesla and says, we're going to give you all this land. Here's a bunch yeah. of incentives. So they're they're just putting their flag up. But I mean, we, we know that Austin, for example, has been in the running for quite some time. And Elon seems to fa- favor that. But Elon's a smart guy. I mean, he wants to build whoever gives him the best deal. Oh, obviously, yeah. Right? And and we talked about this in the past before. When they built the first Gigafactory, he had to put it out to a competition. And now all these states are falling over themselves trying to offer him. It, it reminds me of what happened with Amazon and their HQ2. Yeah. That's, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to make comparisons that they're affirmatively the exact same thing, but the behavior, there are inclinations, there are hints, suggestions that they are sort of behaving the same way. Um, I don't want people to fawn over the idea that it's going to come to their state for sure one way or the other. Um, we know there's always deals. We know there's conversations. We know that some states may have better incentive than others, tax breaks, job guarantees, the like. Um, ideally, I would look at it as just economically what's best for the workers and for the company and for the state. So there's a lot of kind of moving parts here. Uh, Texas makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. Uh, large, a lot of it is because of the size of the state, the real estate, the economy that they have there. Um, but I know that other, st- other states are going to be just as amenable and just as flexible as they need to be as well. Um, so while size matters, we know that they have... Um, hi, Beverly. We know that there are um, uh, you know gigafactories in larger <laughs> areas, China, California, uh, now going to have in Germany. Um, so it, it would not surprise me if they decide to go with a smaller state uh, for one reason or another. But yeah, it's 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 sort of reeks of the Amazon stuff in the early stages. I hope it doesn't go down that path road um, or down that path just because it, it seems precarious on the surface. I don't know, man. I'm still putting my money on Texas. That's just yeah. me. That's just me. Let's let's talk about the Gigafactory situation anyways. I know we're kind of going out of order here, but I guess it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. So um, they definitely said that the next Gigafactory for the U.S. Cybertruck and future vehicles um, will be announced as soon as next month. Um, again, if, if timing works out well. Again, you know, present situation, you know, could throw a wrench into things. Um, he did say that they were planning. I, I mean, if, if you listen to Tesla's earning calls in the past, they said that, well, we see a potential for you know, hundreds of gigafactories. Obviously, that don't think that's really going to happen. They seem to be backing off on that. They said that they plan on doing less gigafactories going forward, but they would just end up being bigger. They threw the term terrafactory around. I right. know, Ian, you had commented on Twitter. I you, thought, you, like the, you like the sound of that, right? It, it, it sounds like this giant object in low Earth orbit. <laughs> it's just kind of like this exactly. planetoid. It's like, how many bites? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So I think it makes sense. Uh, they they want to build factories that'll do multiple cars, not just one. Uh, we know they have to build something for the Cybertruck. We know they have to do something for Roadster and Semi, although those are lower volume vehicles anyway. But to put it all under one roof, I, you know, I'm going to throw a yeah, I'm I'm going to throw this out. I I think I think the next factory, like I said, my feeling is it's going to be Texas, and it'll be Cybertruck, Roadster, and Semi. That's just my personal feeling. Mm. Semi may begin production maybe somewhere else sort of short term until, you know, until they get things rolling. But, you know, the other two cars are really 2021 cars, Roadster and and um, and uh, and Cybertruck. So they really need uh, a bigger facility. I mean, they can't do anything at Fremont anymore. They're completely full. 
and how much optimization they were able to do during the shutdown for Model Y is unknown at this point, although they did say that um, they're still planning on, you know, increasing capacity and so on and so forth, given, you know, kind of the limitations that they have. So, uh, do you do you think at the Terror Factory, if we're looking at those three specific vehicles, uh, that they could also do solar and battery production there too? If we're thinking long term as a Terror Factory, s- cell production, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Solar seems to be Gigafactory in Buffalo right now. Um, okay. Again, it's kind of segueing to another comment that they made that um, the solar roof manufacturing has demonstrated being able to ramp up to a thousand roofs per week in the U.S. Um, but they went on to say that installation right now is the challenge. They just don't have enough people. They don't have enough processes right now. So it's still ramping up. Um, beside myself, does anybody have a reservation or an interest in a solar roof? Not, not necessarily roof, but maybe panels. No. Not currently, I don't, but I'm okay. sure my next house, I, I would probably want to do it. I, I do have a reservation for both, although the roof, I'm talking about the solar tiles themselves, would be mm-hmm. just prohibitively expensive for me, given the longevity that I'm going to be in this house. Uh, but panels definitely interest me. So, but I'm not in the U.S., so who knows when they're right. going to come up. I mean, they did, man, they did mention on the call again that their plan is to go international, but again, no timeline was given, so that kind of mm-hmm. made me a bit sad. I was hoping to get some, some more information on that. All right, um, let's talk about FSD. Uh, someone had asked about the subscription service because a few days ago it was uh, all over the Internet. Our good friend Green the Only on Twitter had revealed that there's definitely code in the current software out there that indicates that there is a subscription service um, in play. Um, it just hasn't been activated yet. Now, this is not really news or that kind of groundbreaking, because Elon did say that they were going to do a subscription service. So now he's reiterated that they're hoping to be able to do a subscription service maybe towards the end of this year, all things being equal. Uh, They are definitely making advances now, especially with the stop sign and the stoplight detection in FSD, that we're getting closer and closer and closer to this mostly navigate on autopilot on city streets. That's the big one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the next one will be intersection you know, I mean, once a car can handle driving um, and handling actual intersections and being able to turn, at that point, we're like, I mean, it's still, you know, 90% of the work still to go, right? Because they always say, you know, that last that last 20% is 80% of the work or whatever the case may be. So we're certainly getting there, but um, I think he's he's he definitely made a point of saying again that, um, you know, economics favor buying it right now because obviously you can roll it into a lease or a purchase of a car. Um, again, I don't think anybody needs to go into this thinking that a subscription service is going to be any cheaper than you buying it outright. It just means that you're just going to pay for it on a monthly basis, whatever the case may be. But it's not going to cost you $5,000 instead of $7,000, right? So just keep no, that quite, in mind quite, if you... Quite the opposite. They were clear to make it, you know, that over the life of the car, you're better off buying it up front. Yeah. So. Well, it's a moneymaker for them right now. I mean, a subscription service is, you know... It is what it is. So, anyways, they seem to seem to still think that they're hoping to do the robo taxi thing uh, by the end. I, what was it? The end of next year? Did I hear that wrong? Yeah, that's that. what no, they were shooting yeah. for. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was this. Yeah, I wasn't too sure. I couldn't remember if it was the end of this year or next year. But anyways, they're still they're they seem to be still tracking towards that. So we'll see. Um, someone had asked them about the price in China for Model 3s, given that the car is priced too high for them to qualify for the current subsidies in China. And they basically announced on the call that, yes, they will be reducing the cost of the Model 3 uh, from manufacturing savings that they've been able to do. So uh, I think the standard range Model 3 is the one that they're going to be lowering the price on, so that car will qualify for the Chinese subsidies. So that should hopefully boost some sales for those. By the way, um, they did open the configurator to the Performance Model 3 uh, in China because up until recently they haven't been able to order um, uh, for those. So the um, the Gigafactory in China now is making the uh, Performance Model 3 for that for that um, that market segment. Let's see here. Sorry, I lost my spot. <laughs> you lost your spot. I lost my well, spot. We've been we the list here. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. You know, we had things Did you want to get into the, and, uh, the HVAC? Yeah. Um, if you've been following Elon on Twitter, um, someone had asked him about the HVAC thing because he, he had said in the past that um, a, a lot of this was born because of the advancements they'd done with the heat pump and the Model Y. And he did go on Twitter and say, well, I've been thinking about doing something in the HVAC space for homes the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems. 
um, based on um, some advancements that they've done in the SNDX previously because they have HEPA filters in them and the heat pump. So he said that uh, they definitely want to do something along those lines so that it would be an advanced HVAC system for the home market, including HEPA filters and the ability to generate potable water and for um, and the possibility of also having a water heater built in as well. So, you know, in the interest of um, the advent of sustainable energy, it, it actually makes sense if you think about that. There's so many, I mean, there's so many different ways you can think about markets that Tesla could get into. The home HVAC system is is ripe for disruption because we've been running the same stuff for so long. So if they can do something interesting in that space, I think it would be very interesting uh, on that on that aspect. But um, again, he kind of said that, well, it's something I'd like to do, but, you know, we just we just have too many projects underway. Mm-hmm. We just, he said towards know. the end, like, our brains are full. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I understood, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, people get on Twitter and they always ask Elon, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? You know what? They're all great ideas. People have so many great ideas, but Tesla's limited. They only have so many resources. I mean, yeah, no they've got so many cars that they're working on right now and who knows what else. It's just like, they're not GM or Ford that, that can just throw a thousand engineers on some kind of new project. They just don't have that kind of resources to throw. I mean, I'm sure they'll get there eventually, but for now, it's just like, man... There's only so many things. I mean, he, I mean, he said something about a leaf blower. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when he said the leaf blower? Oh, yeah, Tesla's going to make a leaf blower. All right. Haven't heard anything about that. I mean, you know, when you think about even something as simple as Joe mode and folks were saying, hey, what about a baby mode? Something that even has less sounds, fewer sounds, quieter sounds. Um, you would think it's a matter of just in the back end of the code, change of value of the volume setting, and that should be it. But it appears to be more complicated than that, because if it was that simple, there'd be a patch already. Um, so and to your point, you know, let's say they have. I don't know, let's say there's 200 engineers at any given time working on code for the software. Um, if all of a sudden Elon or some other executive comes into a, a team meeting or comes into a <laughs> workshop and says, okay, uh, we've got these seven really awesome suggestions we want to be able to put out for a software update in six months. And, you know, they, they start working on them. But that's on top of whatever work they're already doing. Yeah. That's due for the next update. So I, I would imagine that um, it's a very strenuous exhaustive task they're always asked to do and you know maybe an engineer has his allotment of projects to work on and then when he kind of goes through them no one's come in or whatever it is again we're just certainly speculating here but it, it it is interesting when there's the millions of tesla followers on twitter uh there's the countless number of owners a lot of whom are suggesting ideas that like you presented um some of those do catch Elon's attention, you know, a very small percentage do. And when they do, it's like, aha, now that's the thing. And then everyone's, you know, piggybacks on that. Like, well, hey, since you saw that, how about this? Um, and it, it, I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure it's, it's like throwing, um, it'd be like throwing a dart at the earth from space, hoping you know exactly where to hit your house. Like it's, <laughs> it's just, it's that difficult to get Elon's attention. But when you do, you know, it's hard. But again, when, when, you know, him saying yes, for example, which oftentimes is a simple yes. Uh, it's hard to gauge when that happens, right? We know he's agreed to do it. And then many people will follow up with him. Hey, Elon, it's, it's been a year. Um, is there an update for this? Like it's, it's a hard thing. They're, they're well, working he did hard say on the call. He did say on the call, you know, I may not be very punctual, but I, but I do deliver, (laughs) (laughs) which is true. That's true. And and for all we know, there could be updates that people have suggested that the team at Tesla have already thought about, and they're looking at, you know, version 11, version 12, version 13, like things that whatever their, whatever their pipeline is set up to be, maybe they say, okay, we're going to, we're going to move this up to this release, you know, from this other one, we're going to move it up a few weeks because obviously there was a demand for it, whatever that might be. Um, so it's, you know, I'm sure it'd be interesting to find out if someone ever did kind of reveal sort of what that schedule is like, uh, from the coding side, maybe it's some other future investors day or what have you. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's one of the most underrated components of that company is just how hard that team is working, uh, to get these code advancements put in. Well, just imagine how far ahead they are. I mean, Volkswagen just came out and said, the head of Volkswagen said internally, he says, boy, you know, the Tesla software stuff really gives me headaches. Yeah. 
because they're so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, we've mentioned then, before, they're a tech company and they're far and away yeah. leading other manufacturers in that vein. Well, the thing is, is that we take the software for granted. I mean, mm -hmm. we as owners, I mean, it's like Christmas every other week, you know, when you get a new software update and we're all jumping all over each other trying to, you know, post on Twitter or social media or YouTube or whatever about our thoughts about the latest software. And of course, we're pretty vocal when whenever we find a bug too. Uh, I mean, this this latest update where you can drive around and it shows the stoplights and stuff. It's very clear in the release notes of how to use it. But people are so giddy about mm -hmm. getting this new software update and testing it. They just, they, they mash that close button. They don't read the instructions. And they go out and they go, why is it stopping at green lights? Right? And it's all, I'm like, oh, God, guys, you know, you're just giving more fodder for the Tesla Q guys. Like, stop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And God Maybe knows after today's financial call, the Tesla Q people are going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel for anything they can find. Oh, I, yeah. I, and I can't imagine why they do that today. No way. Mm, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, I wonder whose uh, fund probably went bankrupt today because of this whole thing. Gosh. Well, the aftermarket well, um, numbers were insane. Yeah. All right, so we only have one more thing on the list here that we thought was kind of important. Um, he did mention, or when I say he, I'm talking about Elon, of course, uh, did mention that the stationary storage part of their business is still very high demand, but it's beyond what they can supply in 2020. So they're still backordered on a lot of that stuff, the power pack projects. So anyways, I think on the energy side of the business, it's still a very much an untapped business. It's just capacity right now. It's just being stripped because mm -hmm. model, model 3, now Model Y is online. So... Stands to reason. They need to uh, ramp up Gigafactory 1, or no, Gigafactory, yeah, Gigafactory 1. <laughs> Got to keep them straight now, right? So, no, no, Gigafactory Reno or Nevada, okay, that's the one. And then whatever second one that they build that's going to do a battery factory or stuff. Of course, and then we're waiting on Berlin, which we're hoping to see the groundbreaking any any moment now. The, 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 the ground clearing is finished. Uh, they're just waiting for the official groundbreaking. I did see a picture, and unfortunately, I don't have it here for you guys, but I saw a picture online that showed a rough outline of how things are going to be laid out. And they definitely show cell manufacturing on site. Mm -hmm. And it looks like the factory, factory's huge, by the way. It's massive. Yeah. Um, it, it shows a four-quadrant system all laid out identically. So it looks like they're going to be able to do what appears to me, and I can't verify this, but they're going to be built four different, um, they have four different production lines inside the factory. Oh. So why in three, and then who knows what else they're going to build there. So I think the the one in Berlin is going to be really big. I think it's going to be the first one that will have capacity for four product lines it, in there. It might not surprise me if they're going to also build, uh, if they're going to build the sexy fleet there. Because if, if you could at least alleviate the demand from Fremont to deliver overseas in Europe and Asia, then, then why not? Especially if you're going to have a, a new version of a Model S next coming out. In the, next, in the next year it's or so. Yeah, the the thing that I noticed from it, though, is that a production line, just at least in my knowledge, anyways, mm -hmm. wants to be built to accommodate the scale that you expect. And this diagram showed all four of them being equal. So hmm. the S and X right now are not, I mean, they're not producing quite as many. And certainly less are going to Europe than they are in North America. So I don't know, would you, would you make those production lines the same size if, I mean, maybe they could combine. Because they did say that they're sharing some of the capacity on the Model 3 line for the Model Y, which we yeah. kind of speculated they would probably do to a certain extent. Usually, general assembly, not body and weight. That's a different well, thing completely. sharing those two makes sense because there's so much similarity in construction. But I don't think there's right. any way, to your point, Trev, that you could share a, an S and an, a, and an X with a Y or a 3 line. That doesn't make no, any no, sense No, no, of course not. No, no. So, they're, sh they're shared in free yeah. but... Being that the volume of those cars is so low, I have a funny feeling they're they're just going to keep shipping them out of, hmm. out of Fremont. And the Roadster as well is such a niche product. I have a feeling yeah. that would be for the one spot. But yeah, I, I got a funny feeling they just want to crank up the capacity for the Y and the 3 to make sure that they meet you know the demand for that whole part of the world, at least initially. Yeah. Not the ATV? Well, <laughs> of course. How could I forget that? There, there's there's right. probably some little subsection of that factory just, just for the ATV. It has to be. <laughs> has to be. <laughs> well, the ATV they built that they they showed on stage was actually a Yamaha that was just converted. So yeah. I don't know. Are they going to buy a chassis for someone else and just convert it? Like do the roadster thing all over again? I don't know. We shall see. <laughs> one one um, last thing I just thought was cool on on the technology yeah. side. I don't know if you guys caught it, um, but they slipped in there 
what the filter rating was for the Model 3 and Model Y, you know, like, because we, we sort of got onto that discussion, right, with the HVAC stuff for home, whatever, yeah, right. you know, with all the knowledge that they've got from doing the, um, the, uh, the filter system and the S and the X, which are so incredible. And this, this stat just blew my mind. Apparently, the filters that we currently have in Model 3 and Model Y are rated MERV 18. So if you're familiar with the MERV chart, the minimum efficiency report value for like your home furnace filters and whatever, like good ones tend to be around 10 or 12, you know, which will get rid of 75, 80% of dust particles, whatever. The Model 3 filter is MERV 18. That's beyond yeah. like hospital stuff. Like just, just, I got the MERV chart up here. I got to read this stuff off because it just blew my mind. Like if you get to MERV 15, that will eliminate all bacteria, not some. All bacteria particles disappear at, at 15, and we have well, a. What about all the people who had Model Threes for a year, and then it ended up stinking up the HVAC system because well, they had mold growth in there? Yeah, well, that that's a different thing. Has that I been mean, cured. <laughs> obviously, if it's trapping moisture somewhere, that's going to be prone to you know, like the mold uh, is maybe the problem is it could be accumulating on on the uh, on the supply side of the system. That that we don't know, but the fact that it actually traps all bacteria, all. Combustion smoke at MERV 17, you capture that. Uh, even hospital general surgery rooms only use MERV 16. So these are pretty, some pretty serious filters we have. I mean, it, to think about it. If you're driving like through, you know, we every year now in California, we're seeing these horrific scenes of fire oh, yeah. and whatever. You're, you're driving through there in your Model 3. None of that smoke particle, none of the smoke particles are getting into your vehicle. I, I have no complaints about the filter in the car. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty damn good for a standard filter. Yeah. Well, it just shows they care about that stuff. They do. I mean, you they know, don't these advertise are like, it, but they care. No, that's. I, I mean, I would have been <clears> blasting that all over the place. It's that's like Elon said. It's it's higher than any standard filter in any car in production currently. So the intriguing thing is, there are times where I've been driving uh, here in South Florida, and there's certain areas of the communities I drive through where you can pick up odors in the car. So like like particulate matter, mm -hmm. uh, some of the small particulates are part of what's being filtered out, but some odors do get through. So it makes me wonder if odors can get into the car, what, what other things might, might it not be picking up? So it's interesting the numbers are reading because my experience with my car, and again, my, mine could be older. So maybe current production models are different than mine That's from true. 2018. So I want to I want at least have that disclaimer. Uh, but I can tell you that, like I said, some smells get in. So that makes me think that, that the filter is not, at least I suspect based on your description of the levels you just read out, that mine's not pulling 18. It might, it might be doing a little bit less than that. <laughs> and maybe they're using different filters now, different systems in the car. Again, but you know, based on my VIN, it could be that I just have a different model of that. Well, here's here's one I'm going to throw out to anybody who's got an early VIN car like Eric. If you've changed your filters by now, which I suspect anybody going past two years has probably done, have you noticed an improvement? Like, have you driven through smelly areas where suddenly the odors disappear? That'd be a fascinating thing to learn uh, to see if there is a, a difference with the new filters being supplied. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. I'll be curious to find out too because uh, my car comes up on a year in September. So, And most of the people that I've talked to seems to be anywhere from year to, well, I don't know, what, 18 months or so. It starts to, to be a problem. So hopefully I don't have a problem, but you, know, you never know. Um, so basically that covered, was there anything else that we wanted to talk about from the financial call that was, that was interesting? Not from the call, at least not for me. Yeah. Well, there was one thing and I think we have to address it. My Tesla service experience first. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about something positive or negative? <laughs> Maybe we're going to end on that note by by and large it wasn't bad. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll dive into this. So, um, about this time a week ago. I was, um, my battery was low. And again, because most of us now are not charging and driving the way we used to, I went ahead and got into my car late night, um, last Wednesday. And I said, let me, let me see if I can go to a nearby charging station, a destination charger to get at least a, a quicker charge and charging here at home. And I get in my car, I depress the brake pedal. Um, and all of a sudden the car just goes schizo, like lights flicker that you hear clicking of the car trying to do something. And then all of a sudden, 
everything just kind of goes dark. The fog lamps were flickering like crazy. Um, screen unresponsive. Windows wouldn't go down. Like nothing. Car just dead. And my immediate reaction, knowing from other owners, or like our friend Michael and many others, uh, my immediate reaction was, I think the 12 volt is dead. Now, I had no warning on the uh, the 15 inch display. There was no indication that the battery was in fact low or dead. Um, I had driven the car, I think for about a day, maybe a day and a half. Um, and when I drove it before that, again, no indication the 12 volt had been low. Um, so I'm, I'm calling Tesla roadside assistance and they say we can send the tow truck out there. But here's the thing, though. Under normal circumstances, if the COVID-19 pandemic had not been going on, I could have had a tow truck come to where my residence is, and they could have put the car on the flatbed and take it to Tesla service. However, uh, because of the pandemic, it is actually not safe. They're being advised to not do that. Now, if I'd been on, on say, uh, an interstate highway or the turnpike, then they would have gladly gone out to my location, picked me up, and then, or at least taken the car up, I should say, and then take it to Tesla service for a morning appointment. That didn't happen in my case. So they said, well, since you're at home, we can't do anything to the morning. Now, the thing was, because the car, <laughs> because the car lost power, uh, the driver's side windshield couldn't go down or up. But the problem is it was up just enough where if I closed the door, a tiny, tiny sliver of it was hitting the chrome trim Ooh. on the driver's side. So, um, Next thing you know, I'm, I'm like, here I am, like now shoving the window down with my weight to try to a not crack it, but also just get it low enough where I can kind of get it in, and it did. So thankfully, I was able to close the car and seal it, but I couldn't also lock the car because again, no power. Um, so I wake up the next morning. I think I went. I think I slept like three, four hours this night because I was up for a while. Uh, I get up in the morning, and I knew the tow truck was coming between eight and nine a.m. Uh, and taking it directly to Tesla service. So um, I wake up. I I figure the tow truck guys brought to approach he gets here i go to the car and all of a sudden i can the car is showing up on my app as available and he can see the data in the car i was like well that's good i have at least some residual charge the battery somehow overnight just decided to wake up um so um i was able to at least put enough um there's enough energy in the car so i can actually back it out so we could actually load it onto the flatbed and take it away so that was a saver saved the guy in time to have to like jump the battery basically and be able to move the car so tesla service gets the vehicle i get a call and about an hour and a half later from when they left uh, my residence uh tesla service says we have your vehicle here we're taking a look at it now um based on the um the vehicle's uh reports and the software it looks like it is a 12 volt which is what i suspected it was um they said if we ever switch it out we should be able to get it done later today but we'll just kind of check everything out so um it was it was around like 10 10 30 in the morning when i got that call uh about four five hours later i hadn't heard anything so i asked for an update uh and then next thing you know i was able to get the car around four o'clock uh from tesla so they were able to at least get it switched out Car came back totally fine. They had at least checked the tire pressure. They're not washing cars anymore, so it wasn't it wasn't clean yeah. by all means. But I was able to get it back, and I've had no issues since then. So we've heard these stories before, where all of a sudden, like the cars that I was fortunate that I was able to at least open the door, sit in the cabin, and then push my when all that stuff happened. Yeah. Um, but I know people who go out to the car and they can't even get in. So um, I was pretty lucky with that. But thankfully, Tesla knew about the issue. They were able to get it fixed. Um, and I had my car back in, you know, less than 12 hours time from when it first happened. Or Well, I should say when it first when they took it, it was definitely less than eight hours. But at least when it first got reported to when it was fixed, it was less than a day's time. So was it a touchless service type of situation? Yeah. So the vehicles. So the tow truck guy was basically like not masked. I was like, OK, great. Um, but I, I walked out to him with mask, gave him the key card. He put it in the shirt pocket, took, had the vehicle loaded up um, and then he just drove it out. Uh, Tesla calls me when I go get the car. Uh, they said, we're going to leave your car parked out front, unlocked key card inside the cup holder insert. Uh, and then from now you can just take it and go. So there was no paperwork. I had no receipts. I had nothing. It was just grab the car and left. So I live, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes away from where the service center was. Yeah. You're lucky. So, yeah. So I didn't, have, I didn't have to go very far to get it. Cool. So mm -hmm. overall good experience. Overall good experience. I know some people have much more I mean, inconvenient. But. It's inconvenient, but again, if there was ever a time for that to happen, it's now when I'm not having to drive to work every single day. But I can imagine for a lot of folks who are either not close to a service center or do have to commute because they're an essential worker or whatever the reasons are, um, it was just surprising that it just happened. I mean, I've had the car now for, ah, it was two years this week. I took delivery, uh, today's the 29th when we're taping. I took delivery two years ago on the 27th. 
totally forgot. <laughs> time, time is such a weird thing right now. Well, that's but the yeah. thing in lockdown. I lose complete track of time. And yeah. I mean, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, what day is it? Even asked Beth today, what day is it today? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, almost two years go. from when I got my car, the battery just went kaput. But at least, at least, it's, I'd rather the 12 volt <laughs> than the the battery. Oh yeah. For sure. Oh, okay. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because even, um, even at, you know, in today's day, uh, you know, we're still getting reports of 12-volt batteries dying. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised in a lot of ways they still haven't 100% licked this problem. The suspicion was by two people I talked with. Uh, one is that, and this is actually coming from when I spoke with uh, some service people uh, from roadside assistance. They said, in some cases, if you live in an area where you're not charging your car, if your car's not plugged in and you're getting OTAs, um, that could be causing a problem because you're essentially using the battery to wake up the car and yes. it's awake the whole time while you're getting the download and you're not really, it's not really getting a charge. So you're essentially draining the 12 volt, not the battery pack in those cases. Mm. How true that is, I don't know, but that's what the suspicion is. Um, I know that from reports we've gathered, Tesla is working on trying to, I mean, they already now make it that there's at least an alert on your screen should it come to that. But I had no warning whatsoever before it just died. It just died. It wasn't until the next morning I get in the car and I'm able to put it in drive to move it for the tow truck that it's like, hey, your 12-volt battery's like, yes, I know now. It didn't tell me before that. Um, I think it'd also be great is if they can push that alert to your phone, uh, if there's some way to do yes. that, not just seeing it on your screen. That would be a helpful update. Yeah. Um, but again, when that comes to pass, it's not a rush. I think that would be very helpful too if you're seeing it from your phone first. Well, our friend Michael Bodner got Elon's attention a few weeks ago and asked about the possibility of having some kind of early warning system for mm-hmm. the 12-volt battery. So apparently that's supposed to be coming. When, we don't know yet, but that's yeah. uh, apparently in the works. Um, <clears throat> Eric, you, your car's not plugged in all the time like Ian's or mine is, right? Correct. Because right, you're around the not. corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, sitting there. Do you, uh, do you leave sentry mode on? I don't. I don't have sentry mode activated. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I try to I try to be conservative with it. Um, I'm still leaving it at um, 80 or maybe sometimes 90 percent SOC. I'm hoping yeah. to drive more frequently, just so I'm using the car a bit more uh, to sort of get the battery pack and then 12 volts to sort of work in tandem. Uh, I want to be able to charge it more frequently, so I just have to kind of build habits. Um, it gives me an incentive to leave the house, but also making sure that I wear PPE, uh, that I bring ways of cleaning my hands if I once I'm grabbing a charging cable. Uh, things like that, but uh, but it's my intention to just kind of be more proactive now instead of just sitting at home for a week straight <laughs> to really to really use the car. It's there. I might, I might as well. I'm paying insurance on it and paying a payment. Might as well uh, <laughs> drive it around for a while. Yeah, I've actually set my uh, my SOC level to fifty percent. It's been like that. I saw that you guys weeks. were dropping it down to fifty, sixty in some cases. Well, I'm not driving, so you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm using the gospel according to Kyle, man. I'm just I'm I'm leaving it between forty and fifty all of the time now. And uh, the only drag about that is you don't get quite the same performance out of the car. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty damn quick still, right. but it doesn't have that violence. Yeah, notice- yeah. On a performance well, Model 3, it's very much, noticeable. How would you say you're getting in? I mean, if, if you were yeah. saying you were doing, let's say your, your 0 to 60 was 3.4, yeah. how much how much lower would you say now? Like 3.7, 3.8? Like, what are you looking at? No, it would be in the mid fours, I think. Really? Fifty percent, yeah, it would drop into the fours, it's, which is still lightning fast. But I mean, right. it's you're spoiled, and you're used to having like you know mm-hmm. your 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 skin ripped off your cheeks. <laughs> it's not quite the same. Okay. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. There's a quite a bit of difference between a car a, a performance three yeah. at uh, ninety plus SOC yeah. and a performance at at thirty fifty percent SOC. Big yeah. difference. Yeah. So the, you, you know, you're getting you're getting more of a jump than a massive jolt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still plenty fun to drive. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this is hashtag first world problem all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but sure. yeah, it's 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 the only thing. You know, it's like I always I always have this weird fear now that if I go out at forty percent, it's like, oh no, what if I what if that guy in the five liter Mustang shows up at the light? It's gonna be cold, <laughs> man. You know, I have fear of five point oh now. Feel like Marty McFly in Back to the Future Part Three and just drive the car in reverse while he goes forward. <laughs> That's it exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because we went out for um, we had to do a drop off for something. I think it was some flowers for somebody porch drop off tonight. Anyways, and I, I was driving home on the highway, and this 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 guy he 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 came right up behind me. And he was tailgating me like two feet away. And I was looking, like, what the hell is he driving? It's like a Toyota Yaris. And I'm like, seriously? You're going to challenge a performance, a Tesla, let alone a performance three in your mm-hmm. crappy little Yaris? Like, I was waving at the guy, like, back off, back off. He got real mad. 
Yeah. Uh, and, I th- and then he was still tailgating me. So, I, you know, I put the blinker on and auto- it was on autopilot. Started moving over to the other lane. There was a truck beside me and stuff. So then it did this whole swerve and it got out of the way. Well, that spooked the guy. He really backed off at that point. Mm-hmm. He thought, well, wow, he's really messing with me. But then he kind of tailgated me all the way into town. And at one point, he stopped at a light and I was right behind. I'm just being calm. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to road rage this guy, no. even though I think he's a douche. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> He started pull, you know, the light went green and I could see him. He's looking at me in his rear view mirror. He's like, okay, I'm going to mess with you. I'm going to stay here. And I just to creep up behind him. He finally took off. But, you know, you could tell he was just like, he was itching to mess with me. I don't think he knew what he was messing with, but whatever. Clearly not. No, but oh well. You know, you always get those types. But mm-hmm. seriously, you're going to mess with this car? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. some, some people don't know. Uh, no, it, it's it's true. Uh, every so often a you'll catch Yaris. somebody else and they're like, whoa, okay. It's a Yaris. Come on. Like, I mean, you know what? Any I, car I, could be the Yaris. But I, I will say this, though. When it comes to, well, smart car? Could a smart car be the Yaris? Uh, electric one, probably. The electric one, yeah. The electric and ones are and that's bad. And that's the point I was going to get to, which is electric <laughs> cars, no matter what the maker is, no matter how much battery it has, no matter what, electric cars, by and large, have greater performance because they're just, it's just instant torque. Just oh, go. Yeah. An i3 oh. would beat that car. Hell, I mean, our Volt. I, I smoke people off the line with the Volt all the time. And they're like, what the <laughs> that? That's the strange little doorstop right. thing. They, they, they'll, ca- they'll catch up to you maybe half a mile down the road, but right yeah. at a dead start, yeah. see ya. Correct. Exactly. Oh, I don't yeah. race. I don't race the ricers and stuff. But I thought it was kind of funny that a Yaris decided to be a bit of a goof this evening. Just, just imagine how much more difficult it would be uh, if if you had drag races like that where they're all electric. You wouldn't hear them. No, that's true. You, you, you'd have to be there to see them. Like most muscle cars, you know that they they modify for racing. It's just, it's just loud noise pollution machines. But imagine electric cars. Some guys like ready, and he just hits it, and he's like. You don't hear anything. That'd be great. No, we'll reach some point in the future. That's what, you know, going to the drag races is going to be just whee. It's like, okay. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is when. Uh, you hear Formula... people in the stands yeah. instead of actually the cars. Yeah, the, yeah, the crowd will be louder. That was actually yeah. <laughs> one of my things with Formula E. It's like, oh my God, it's going to be so boring without the sound. But the Formula E cars, because I guess they have these direct Straight cut, cut gears, gears or whatever, they're mm-hmm. actually quite cool sounding. Mm-hmm, I was yeah. I was very impressed with how exciting they sound in real life. Mm-hmm. And they don't blow your eardrums out like an F1 car does. Um, they they actually sound kind of cool. So that that's one form of electric racing that I was pleasantly surprised how exciting they were not just to watch but to listen to. Well, think, thinking of that the cars in September will have to have the noise boxes moving forward here in the U.S., then arguably if, if Elon says, you know, the ability to add sounds later, I think just having the sound of a car that just revs up and you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a feature we're still looking you forward could, you to. You could do that too. You could. Yeah. Not, it's I not the same. To... It's not the same. I know, but at least yeah. it'd be something. Yeah, I, I'd go for like something completely out of the, you know, like Millennium Falcon sounds or something. You know, I <laughs> just completely nuts. It's funny though yeah. because most of the challenges that I get in my area are pickup truck guys. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy pulls up in a great big lifted one fifty beside you, and I'm like, "All right, buddy." <laughs> you, know, you know, a lot of these diesels when you when you uncork them and you take all the limiters off them, they can make like a thousand foot pounds of torque. I've seen some of them seriously move off the line, and it's, they mm-hmm. they have a lot of the same torque characteristics as an EV, right? It's all bottom end, like you know, on the mm-hmm. highway, you drop them like a bad hat. But watch those things off the line; they can be speedy. Yeah. Oh well, it is Not, what it is. I don't see it very often, but yeah. it does happen. So. Yeah, I'm sure. So anything right. else? Anything else newsworthy today? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't. Think. Elon couldn't help himself. Nutbag, what are you doing? You never you got do this. If you're, if you're, uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast, you'll have to watch the YouTube video. There's been yeah. uh, some fun things happening in the background in, in, in Trevor's uh, office. Sorry, my cat's decided to come and visit. He never does it. I mean, he usually comes to visit, but he's on the ground. But this time, he wanted to be cuddled. So, watch the YouTube video. I get a good look at my cat. All right. Um, I don't know. Elon couldn't help himself on the on the financial call today. He took to Twitter. <laughs> What was it yesterday? Free this morning. America now. This morning, like early this, this morning. morning. Yeah, oh. in the wee hours of morning. Really? You know uh, what? Elon's a smart guy, but I'll be honest with you. When it comes to this, I'm sorry, but, and this is just my opinion here, so everybody can disagree if you want to. That's perfectly mm-hmm. fine, but I'm sorry, but a financial call for a company that you're trying to run is not your soapbox. It's not the time and a place to be talking about lifting restrictions. I mean, he did say, you know, it's basically forcible imprisonment and people should be free to do what they want and stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. 
in principle, but we have we have we have bigger fish to fry right now, and I don't think it's appropriate for him to do it on the financial call. I mean, he's a billionaire. If he wants to talk and have a soapbox, buy a TV ad, but don't do it in a financial call. Or or continue it on on Twitter. I mean, you know, Twitter for him uh, is his. Yeah, take it to Twitter, call. but don't do it on a financial call. Yeah, that was a little. That was that a little was weird. Cringy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting hearing the call, uh, and and I, and I'll, the comments themselves warrant a, a separate discussion. I'm just focusing more on the tenor of his answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talked about it before, so I'll, I'll at least present my idea. The if you ever listen to these financial calls, which you should, ideally from any company that you find you support or maybe don't support, it's always good to hear financial calls. Uh, it's good that they're public record uh, for most of these companies. Um, when you hear this call, there's something that happens all the time. Uh, so we can listen to it, but we're we're not folks that like a special number that we dial in to essentially get on a list to ask questions. When you do call in, uh, you essentially present your name and you ask your question in advance. They vet the questions as they go through, uh, sort of basically signing off on who is going to be able to have their question asked directly to Elon or anyone else that's on the call with them. Uh, or who essentially says, we're not going to take that question today. Thank you so much. Just be listening in for today. So the the questioner, um, who is, uh, from my understanding, is a layperson or media person. It's not, it's not an actual, like, a true investor of the company. Um, had asked the question that led to the response that Elon had. And it essentially was to talk about his thoughts on the shutdown, the pandemic, the stay-at-home orders, that sort of thing. So that only happens if somebody... And I don't want to certainly make any assumptions, but somebody had to have signed off on that. If someone asked this mm-hmm. question, let that question come through. Um, so one could assume that was Elon's sign off since it is his company. It's his call. Uh, but again, I don't want to make that assumption that it was for certain him. That being said, question comes through. He has his response. Now, to me, it wasn't what he said was on its own merit problematic, right? It was the tone and the tenor used that I found more of more problematic than what he said because he's cursing on on that question he's using terms and you could tell the fervor in his voice Mm. when he's answering it uh that to me shows that the level of aggression he has about the pandemic the response that's been taken uh how it maybe affects him both personally and professionally Certainly, you could tell that's all kind of built up. Um, you know, this this is a major problem. We we talked amongst ourselves uh, before the show. I mean, I think the three of us are in large consensus about what we think about our government's handling of this and what we think we need to do moving forward. That's a different show, a different discussion that we'll take off air. Um, but I, I think that most people could hear that and say, even if you agree with what he's saying, which I'm sure there are a number of people who do around the world, and, and that's not this discussion, how he went about saying it and and just the, just the pure under just belly of anger is what I think is a problem to your point Trevor like that's this is not the time and place to to do that if you wanted to simply say I've had my comments I've, I've taken the social media for that I'll, I'll continue with those there I don't want to use that here he could have done that he could have deflected deferred whatever he chose to answer it and he did it in a way that honestly when I was hearing it live I was like Wow, that's that's pretty brazen. So, yeah, yeah, very very well said, Eric. I think you 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 hit the nail right on the head. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, we're all following you know his feed, and we're kind of wondering, wow, where is he going with this? And I could see that you know throughout the day, he he attempted to fill in a little bit what his position is about this, and he he got a little bit more nuanced. I just wish he'd sort of started with that and kept that yes. sort of nuanced tone it's like you know we shouldn't necessarily look at this just through one lens there's a bunch of different ways to handle it and you know that's a lot of people i think would have um would have listened and, and would have been very open to the idea but like the coming out guns blazing like this was like wow no yeah. i don't think that's how you're going to get people to listen to you on this or, or or gain sympathy for your position on it that's that's about all i could say it's like you know the, the guy is capable of some very deep and very interesting thought on looking outside the box is what mm-hmm. this guy does you know and that's what i I, I really like about him and I wish he sort of gone just gone a little bit softer on it so that we could all have a debate and go yeah well maybe there's a few different ways we can look at this thing you know 
I wonder, I wonder too, like, did, was he throughout the course of the day getting so much feedback thrown in his direction, whether it be through media inquiries, whether it be through the Twitter feeds or people commenting, whatever it was, that he just had, he had this in his head, like, I want to respond to all of that groundswell Probably, of either yeah. resentment or support. And he elected to use the call as a form to do that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, that's certainly one of the faster ways to get your message out because we know obviously it's going to be a news item. Uh, with Tesla's call today, um, I, I just I think the tactfulness of it was was misguided. Um, I know that I am one of those people who publicly clamored uh, him to sort of subside, like put the phone down for a bit, maybe maybe take a, a backseat yeah. on this for a bit, um, especially on a day like today where we want to highlight Tesla's successes. It, I, I think I think this sort of took the air out of the room a bit. It did, yeah. Um, and and I, I I don't know. I mean, look again. The merits of his argument, Ian, like you said, that's that's a different discussion. We can certainly debate that. I don't want to make this show into that. Um, I, I just felt like if he had said it in a calm way, said, you know, I, I sort of disagree with it. I, I hope we can return to normalcy very soon. I'd like to see Tesla resume normal activities. We have employees who are mature or taken care of, yada, yada, yada. I would have been okay with that. That would have been fine. I, it's understandable. And you're, like you said, his initial tweets said one thing. But then when you, and that lacked context, when you go back and then clarify, if he had just done that from the beginning, I don't think the blowback would have been as great as it was today. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. No, a hundred percent. But then again, if he had just said you know, something reasonable from the outset, it might not have had any impact. You know, maybe he was going yeah. for impact, you know, shoot first, ask questions later, seemed to be <laughs> approach here. So yeah. you got that, but yeah, it's, it's, you know. Yeah, he's know. a he's he's definitely a passionate guy, and but there are times when he needs to turn that filter on. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, I don't have a problem with him expressing his opinions on social media and stuff. But my problem with it is that that's the wrong venue to be expressing that stuff. Well, yeah, the it should be it's it's company focus. It's yeah. like you're talking about earnings here. It's not your personal opinion about what's going on with the world and stuff. I mean, if it relates to your company in terms of protecting people, that's fine. Mention it, but he never mentioned anything about that. And so and, and I think to your point Trevor, there a lot of people associate Elon is equivalent to Tesla and vice versa, when to me it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, as much as we want to think that Jeff Bezos is Amazon, he just owns it it's not it's not like it's it's the embodiment of who he is as a person right um no different than any other company that we know where you know if, i mean if any one of us were entrepreneurs and owned our business fast evs is not a hundred percent representative of what ian is and vice versa ian as an individual can say what he'd like with freedom understanding that those are separate from what his business is but ian's of course canadian which means he'll never do anything bad anyway because he's a really good guy <laughs> <laughs> um, Not that anybody will ever find out about. No, no. <laughs> right, you you have like you have like some hairless cat hiding around somewhere that you're gonna start petting when the show's over. He's right um, over there. Very straight. Uh, but no, but I, but I think the larger uh, the larger thing is a lot of people equate the two as being equal, and they're not. You know, when we talk about what Tesla's missions is, it's not it's not Elon's personal agenda. He'd like to see that accomplished for sure, mm -hmm. but it's just one of the various entities that he helped sort of navigate into the 21st century. Uh, SpaceX, the same thing. Like SpaceX to me is the successes they've had are not solely on Elon's back. It's on oh, the it's scientists, the, the rocket engineers. It's it's everyone. It's, it's the whole entire pie. It's not just a slice of it. So he's certainly critical to their successes, but he's far and away not the only primary reason why they are where they are. Right. Well, um, yeah, I don't think we need to discuss it anymore. We've said our piece and stuff. I ju we just thought it was a little bit awkward, and we had to address the elephant in the room. Hey, speaking of SpaceX, um, and then we're a little less than a month away from the DM2 mission. Yeah. Right? So really looking forward to that. I mean, boy, uh, <laughs> I'm staying up for that one, no matter that's, what the time is. And so, so, mm -hmm. that's gonna be, so maybe we'll do a podcast um, that week, maybe all about that. It'll be very interesting to talk about... Uh, about the DM2 mission because I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hoping to, um, not only just SpaceX, but uh, NASA really pulls off a, a really stellar webcast on this thing. Given the COVID situation, they're not going to be having any gatherings of press and stuff. So hopefully they'll really pull off a really nice live stream of this whole thing because everybody's cheering us on. This is the first time. I mean, America is going to be launching astronauts from American spacecraft and not having to rely on the Russians anymore. So shuttle. this is going to be Go America. Go America. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. So anyways, maybe we'll do a podcast on that. That's what uh, I think that's what we'll it do. is. And I was watching uh, Apollo 13 uh, this past weekend and oh, yeah? Space Camp 
from with with the, <laughs> which by the way if you've never seen space camp the movie itself was corny and it's all right because like mm. you don't put kids in the shuttle on the launch pad and all of a sudden like launch them in space that doesn't happen of course um max so that stuff doesn't happen <laughs> um but it but like to me like i get so excited at the the thought of human exploration being back on american soil um mm. i mean it's it's amazing when you when you tell people about like we're you know the international space station yet but like we haven't been to the moon we haven't set foot on the moon since the 70s like before i was born we haven't been to the moon um and it's just amazing that we've had all these probes and we've had just gorgeous missions like cassini and juno and so many we're we're trying to land like stuff on asteroids like we're doing all kinds of cool stuff in in interstellar space but there's so much about our our close-knit solar system we're not really taken advantage of uh, and so it's great if we can get back to the point of having human exploration for long space trips going to the moon going to mars that sort of thing um because leo low earth orbit is fantastic but we're, we're you know it's, it's almost like when you're saying i'm gonna go on vacation and you decide to go to the park five miles away and camp there for a weekend like go on vacation go go away travel to a different country which by the way canada i'm hoping to see you this summer i don't know if it's going to happen we'll see if the borders open up but i'd, I'd love to be able to yeah, see you in canada. sometimes you know i talk to my wife sometimes and it's almost like god you know is is, is summer going to be canceled this year it's just not looking so good well we've so had record things. temperatures here in florida we know summer is alive and well whether, whether or not we can do anything about it that's one thing but it's, yeah, it's alive and well yeah, yeah. yeah because there's so many things i mean we we're supposed to be this literally this weekend is our 10th anniversary we're supposed to be on our cruise yeah but instead i mean we have to do uh what we have to do here at home to but hey, you know what you know? happy anniversary oh thank you so we have lots we have lots of things planned that we're, we're gonna do and you know we have dinner at home and stuff and you know we just make do with what we have and then if we if, if things relax by the summer maybe in the fall we'll we'll do a trip then and stuff but mm -hmm. um, and we certainly no shortage of ideas of things that we can do once this whole thing is lifted and things are relatively back to somewhat of some form of normalcy so can i ask you guys a quick question um, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll have to watch this on YouTube, but can you explain your shirts? Oh, oh. good point. Yes. So these shirts, by the way, that Ian and I are wearing, let me just get into the frame here. So if you're watching, <laughs> if you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry, you can't see what we're talking about. These shirts were made by a good friend of ours up here named uh, Aaron Brighton. Thank you, Aaron, for the shirts. Um, they're uh, dye sublimated shirts, and these are all photographs of the car um, during their lightning run that Ian and I did at the beginning of March across Canada. And even on the map, on the back, it has the map of the super chair. I can't show you. I can't show we you. Can't see it. We can't see it. It's Turn there. around, Ian. Yeah, let me do the full wrap around. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah, a little bit. As, as, his, as his chair blocks away. Up? There you go. There you go. So there's there a map go. of all the superchargers, the 40 superchargers we hit across country. So anyways, it's just chock full of different images and stuff. It's just kind of fun. Right right here in the one, right because right here in Manitoba, we were at the center, the geographical center of, of Canada where we stopped and took some The some sign we almost there. missed. Yes, yes. That, it was like, hey, what was that? Yeah. Do a Yui. That's the sign. We're supposed Have to go back. Counted, Have you counted the number of photos on your shirts? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't counted. We, we haven't done that. No, we should. There you go. Yeah, I'll I'll of pictures. You could always cheat and just ask Aaron how many he made in design, but <laughs> sure <wouldn't> enough. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, special shout out to Aaron. Yeah. A very nice, well thought out gift. So so a very nice letter and stuff. So very thank you very much. So I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Um, Ian, why don't you uh, tell people where they can reach you and whatever the heck you want to plug, man. Uh, well, uh, let's go with uh, my Twitter handle, which is at Ian Pavelko, easy enough. Um, and PMs are open, so if you have any questions about anything, uh, certainly uh, happy to help anytime I can. On the Tesla Owners Online forum, you can find me under the handle Mad Hungarian. Um, I don't spend as much time on the forum as um, I'd like to these days, especially just because of the situation our company's in. Uh, I've been cranking it out over time, just trying to keep up for all the staff that we're missing at the moment. So I apologize if I'm not as present. But like I said, do the Beetlejuice thing, you know, Mad Hungarian, Mad Hungarian, Mad Hungarian. Three <laughs> times. If by that time, if you tag me at some point, I'll get a little <laughs> message and someone will get a hold of me, and I'll be glad to to step in and and help with anything I can, you know, wheels and tires or anything else, else obscure, maybe to do with the chassis. Glad to answer any questions there. And finally, if you're looking, speaking of t-shirts, if you're looking for uh, any kind of um, Tesla-related wear, there's always the uh, Evolve wear uh, that you can find at teespring.com. Mad Hungarian's Evolve wear is the shop name at Teespring, and that's always available. Um, portion of the proceeds always going to a good cause. So uh, there you have it. Great. Excellent. How about you, Eric? Where can people find you? 
Well, uh, first thing you mentioned, Beetlejuice. Uh, little do you know, there was actually a sequel written called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, uh, where uh, the Dietz family made their way to Hawaii to build a resort. Uh, while they were there, they found out that the grounds were once uh, are, are sitting on top of an ancient burial ground, and Beetlejuice had to come save the day. Uh, you can get factoids like that on a really cool podcast called Call Me Curious. Yes. Uh, so you can actually do that. Uh, Call Me Curious is my 10-minute podcast. If you haven't heard it uh, or don't know what it is, it's just a very short podcast, a daily podcast, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're doing show 21 as of this Friday. So today, awesome. one recording is the 19th. We'll have two more shows this week. That makes 21. Um, and it's just it's just 10 factoids, just all kinds of 10, uh, 10 topics, uh, random at best. I did an NFL draft one last week, which is totally awesome. Um, so find yourself doing that. If you, It's just 10 minutes. It's not like it's a murder podcast where you're committed to like eight episodes to find out who the killer is. Uh, 10 minutes, you're in and out, you're done. Um, find that on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn. It's just, it's everywhere. Overcast, it's pretty much everywhere. Uh, so get that where your podcasts are not sold. Ding! Uh, you can also find me on uh, Twitter. The handle is uh, ECFIX, E-C-F-I-X. And um, I just want to say, uh, first and foremost, to everyone out there, um, whatever's happening in your world, whatever things are going to be, um, I really hope all the best for all of you. Um, I know we have get we get comments, positive and negative, every time we do a show. Uh, we're not always liked by everybody, and that's okay. Um, like Trevor's doing, hug your pets, hug your loved ones, talk to people, call a friend. Um, you know, checking on people. Uh, this is a global issue. We're all in this together. Uh, so even if you have some unkind things to say to me, I still wish you all the best. I wish you good health. Uh, I wish you love and laughter and, and fulfillment. Uh, and hopefully we can all return to our normal activities so you can bash me in, on in on Twitter, whichever way you want to, <laughs> and I won't feel bad about it. So you're going to say we could turn return to normal so we can bash me in person or something. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I don't advocate violence at all. Violence begets violence. And I, I have to get the authorities involved. There's police reports. I don't want to write things. And it's just it's too much. It's, it's just want a restraining much. order. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to have to. I don't want to deal with that. I don't have to like, you know, all of a sudden like move. It's just yeah. it's too much. It's too much. OK, so get, right, get well, in Trevor. Just get in Trevor's roaster and just hide somewhere. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Right. Well, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter. The handle is Tesla Owners Online. Don't forget to check out the forum at teslaownersonline.com. That's where you're going to find all the best discussions about Tesla. And my cat, Nutmeg, wants to say hello. You want to say, you want to say goodnight? No, you want food, right? That's what you want. Uh, and Nutmeg right. has that's his own uh, Instagram channel. Yes, that's right. Royal Highness Nutmeg on Instagram. There you go. Meow. All right, buddy. There you go. I'm, he, he's hungry. All right. Well, that's it for tonight, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for watching, guys, and listening. We'll see you later. Bye. Bonsoir tout le monde. Or Reservoir. <laughs>